Pacific Coast Church, Pastor Ashley here. I want to welcome you. We are so, so glad that you decided to join us today. And man, it is exciting times. Such an incredible week. As we announced last week, we have huge news. We're finalizing details on an incredible building, a landing place for Pacific Coast Church on 6th Avenue. And I got to tell you, these things take a long time, right? No one's rushing into anything. And so while we have signed all the dotted lines, we are waiting for literally one last signature. And as part of this negotiation, we are asking you to continue to pray. We also want you to know that just in case, why? Because we are always prepared. Just in case God closes this door, we have a plan B that is waiting. The schools have now opened up to allow mobile church. And so we have our name on an amazing school just in case this doesn't go through. God has so many incredible opportunities out there. We want to make sure that we are prayerfully exploring each and every one. We want you to join us in prayer. But friends, we need for you to know this. Number one, if we are able to completely finalize this Sixth Avenue deal this week, we need your help. If you are willing to help in any possible way, please, please, please either text the word Pacific Coast, all one word, no spaces, to 84576 and let us know. Or you can email us directly at info at pacificcoast.church. We will need people to put furniture together, to be able to hang sort of TVs and paint and spackle and clean and unpack and do all the amazing things that involve moving into a permanent space. And so we are excited. We also want to ask you, if you are not signed up to be a part of the Dream Team, we are looking to have live in-person services as soon as possible. And we need more of you to sign up today. Go to the website or email us at info at pacificcoast.church. We need to link arms. God wants to use every gifting, every skill set, everything that he's resourced you with. We also, we really need your giving. Now more than ever, as God is opening these opportunities, we need to be able to move into them and buying all of the various needs and items and supplies that we need. Everything from the auditorium to kids church and everything in between. Please, as always, you know, we make it as easy as possible for you to give. So you can text the word donation to 84576. You can visit us online at pacificcoast.church and give there. Or you can mail your checks to Pacific Coast Church, P.O. Box 66026, Tacoma, Washington, 98467. Make sure you're following us on social media. Sign up for the text messages. We're going to be notifying you literally within the hour that it's finalized. And so we want you to rejoice with us. Continue to pray. We only want what God wants. Can I say that again? We exactly as the Israelites prayed. We don't want to move or take one step unless God is 100% leading guiding and with us. And so I know that you agree. Continue to help us pray for that exact thing. Not our will, but his 
perfect will. I want to pray over you as you prepare to give. Maybe you're emailing for the first time. Maybe you're letting us know that there's some things that you want to donate. Whatever it is, we're so grateful that you're obedient to what God is speaking to you. Father, I thank you for your church. Lord, your people, your body that is responsive. We're not only listening for you and to you, God, but we're being obedient to what your spirit is leading and nudging and telling. God, I just ask that you continue to speak to each and every one of us. Whatever it is you've placed in our hands, whatever it is that you desire for us to give and to lay at your feet, help us to do it now. Even if it seems super small or insignificant, or maybe it seems so overwhelming because it's bigger than anything we've been willing to give before. Lord, help us. Help us, God, to trust you enough to be obedient in exactly what you're speaking. Lord, we're so grateful for these opportunities. We pray again, not our will, Lord, but yours. We only want exactly what you want. No more, no less. We agree together on that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Can't wait for you to hear this message from Pastor JF. Check it out. Hey, what's up, Pacific Coast Church? Hey, thanks so much for joining us today as we continue our series that comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, which we've entitled Suit Up. And hey, before we dive in on that today, I just want to say, I just hope you're having an enjoyable summer. I, I know the world, it seems to be in complete chaos right now. I know relationships have been hurt due to the polarization in our country. In our country. We're all experiencing uh, some level of this. And, and I know that there's some of you who have friends, and quite frankly, maybe it's even you where your actual biological family members aren't even speaking to each other right now due to all kinds of things, misinformation, politics, tribalism. And I must say, what a shame. Listen, I feel for you. I'm praying for you as you pray for me, you know? And in the midst of all of it, we have to take our moments to enjoy some of those things that we take for granted. I know lots of you are watching locally here in the great Pacific Northwest, but for those of you who are watching from somewhere else in the world, this place, in my opinion, is the most beautiful place in the country at the most beautiful time of the year. So, I don't know, it was, it was a few days ago, I was walking down by the Puget Sound early in the morning, and all of a sudden, I look out across the water, and right in that moment, a giant orca breaches the water. For, for those of you who are unfamiliar with that word orca, killer whale! And then, and then all of a sudden I look and, 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 and another one jumps up. And while that's going on, I look up and there's this bald eagle just flying by. And I thought to myself, I have SeaWorld all to myself and I didn't even have to pay a dime to see the real Shamu. In the midst of chaos and confusion, my friends, Jesus followers, we can be at peace. We can find resolve and we can even experience joy and happiness right out our back door. And here's the reality, my friends. Until Jesus comes back to ultimately settle the score and make things right, we are in a battle. We are in a war, if you will. Now, I'm not talking about a physical war with two militaries. I'm talking about a spiritual one. And this is what we call as believers spiritual warfare. It's very real. And so because of that, we can't be naive to it. We can't ignore it and choose not to believe it. No, we must be able to protect ourselves from the enemy's schemes and not only protect ourselves, not only defend ourselves, but actually attack back and take ground for the kingdom 
of Jesus. And if you're wondering what Pacific Coast Church is all about, I just answered your question, my friend. The enemy knows exactly who's a part of our church. And let me tell you, he's doing everything he can to delay the inevitable. I digress. <laughs> and I introduced the text, all right? Which really has been our anchor text the last several weeks. All right, Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Read along with me. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, it's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, here it is, friends, put on the full armor of God. That's the instruction. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then. Here it is with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, which is deliverance, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, we've spent the last several weeks talking about protection and defense. Today, I want to talk about offense, taking hills, if you will, swinging that thing clenched in your hands. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the sword, the sword. You know, when I grew up, in Sunday school here in Tacoma, we had these things called felt boards that teachers would use to tell Bible stories. And so essentially what, what, they, were, what they were, they were, they were these boards that were made of felt material. And as the teacher would unpack the story, she would add the felt cutout characters to the board simply as a visual. And sometimes they, you know, they were characters like Jesus or Moses or Mary or Noah. Sometimes they were animals or objects. And so I can remember learning about the armor of God this way. And so every time it got to the sword of the spirit, the teacher would have that little sword, but then she would put a Bible on top of the sword to, to really represent what the, what, what the sword is. The real weapon is the word of God. But this word here isn't the written word. It's the rhema word. In my entire life on that felt board in Sunday school, it was always shown as the written scripture, but this term is actually spoken, is the spoken word. It's the direction of God for right now. There's a big difference here. Don't, 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 don't get me wrong. The written word isn't a wrong picture because the spoken word of the Lord will never contradict the written word. So you need to know the written word so that you can confirm what you're hearing. But also, oftentimes, the Lord will bring specific passages to your memory for a specific time. That's also the rhema word. And he cannot bring to your remembrance what you have not read. You know, a few months ago, I was driving home one night and I was listening to the NBA Finals game on my satellite radio in my truck. And it was one of those games that was really close. You know, Giannis was just going off. And, and so it's, it's a timeout and there's like, I can't remember, there's like, like 10 seconds left in the game. Bucks down one kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about? And I, and I and I pull down my street, and it's one of those times that if you sprint into your house and try to fire up your TV, game's already over and you missed it. So I just decided, I, I, I just decided, 
you know what, I'm just gonna listen to the last play in my driveway, okay? So I pull in, I'm sitting there, they come back from the timeout and the announcer begins and I hear the whistle blow and then all of a sudden, it's not the announcer's voice anymore, it's now my wife's voice chatting with her friend on the phone about skincare. While I'm sitting in my driveway trying to hear Mark Jackson's play-by-play -play for the NBA Finals, my wife's cell phone connected to the Bluetooth in my truck and ended up railroading my game. And then all of a sudden, I could finally hear the announcer, but it wasn't clear enough because my wife's voice was going on at the same time. So I missed the fi final call on the game because of the interference of my wife's cell phone and the clarity became distorted. Here's the deal. Oftentimes, we aren't hearing the Lord clearly because we have so many other things interfering. So many other things are vying for our attention. And we have to be able to hear the rhema word he is speaking to us so that we can move in the fullness of the power of God. So the question is, how do we take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God? We have to start with hearing him. So how do we, how do we best hear the rhema right now word of God this, with this sword? Let, let me give you three keys to hearing the voice of God more clearly, all right? If you're writing this down, here we go. Number one, repentance, turning hearts to God. Today we're going to look at a battle that takes place in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, but I want to start in 2 Chronicles 19. Jehoshaphat is leading Judah, a tribe of Israel, and he's tired of seeing his people follow pagan gods. So in chapter 19, we see that he starts removing these poles of pagan worship, these physical dead idols. And scripture says that he makes a decision to set his heart on seeking God. It starts with him. Maybe you're watching today and you want to see your family or friends or coworkers come to Jesus. Can I just put this thought on the table and you can choose to pick it up if you want to? Here it is. It starts with you. All right? 2 Chronicles 19 verse 4 says this, Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem and he went out again among the people from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim and turned them back to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. And then that chapter goes on to also talk about the judges that Jehoshaphat put in place for accountability. And I, and I want to pause there for a second because some of you still think that you can do this walking with Jesus thing alone. And I want you to know that you were never meant to do that. Accountability is a necessity for walking in the fullness of what God has for you. That's part, that, that's, that's part of why the enemy fights so hard. He knows the power in it. It's why Pacific Coast Church, we go to great lengths to facilitate small groups so that we can hold each other up. And I love what the New Testament in the book of Hebrews says, Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It's, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. All right, so let's get back to Jehoshaphat, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. It says, after this, after what? Well, after he's led the tribe in repentance and turning their hearts back to God, and after the accountability is in place, as soon as he begins getting them all in line of what God wants, look at what happens here. It says this, the Moabites and Am Ammonites with some of the Meonites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, 
a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. Listen, anytime you begin to align yourself with what God desires, you can expect attack, baby. I, I wish I had an extra couple hours to riff on this truth. Listen, anytime you are in the will of God, meaning you've heard from God and you know what you're supposed to do, you're, 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 you're actually, by all intents and purposes, doing the right thing to further the kingdom of Jesus in your neighborhood, you can and will experience opposition. Listen, the reason why Pacific Coast Church hasn't been able to meet physically on Sundays in a building isn't because we're lazy and couldn't find a space. No way, Jose. The reason is because every demon in hell doesn't want us to. Opposition, my friends. But thank God, the buildings are coming and maybe even more than one. Amen? Come on. Let's just prophesy that, all right? So let's get back to the story. So Jehoshaphat is obeying God. He's doing all that he knows the Lord wants of him. The people have repented. They're back on the right track. The enemy knows it, so he sends opposition. So Jehoshaphat is overtaken by his humanity. And look what the Bible says happens next. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 3. Here he is. Emotions kick in. Alarmed. <laughs> Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, meaning to seek direction from the Lord, to find out what the Lord has to say about it. So what does he do? He proclaimed a fast for all Judah. That's the second thought that I have for you regarding hearing, keys to hearing God's voice, and that is fasting, turning our focus to God. Now, I have to tell you, a few years ago, I got to a point in my walk with Jesus where I was just frustrated. I'm just being honest. I just kept metaphorically bashing my head against the wall. I, I had friends that were still in bondage, and so my prayer life, I mean, it was okay, but it was kind of mediocre, and and, and nothing close to the power that I read about in, in the scriptures. And then, then the Lord taught me, taught me exactly how he taught his disciples. And the disciples were frustrated on one particular time in Matthew chapter 17. It says this, a man, a man brought his demon-possessed son to the disciples to be delivered. And the disciples prayed for him and, and he wasn't healed. So the man brought the boy to Jesus and Jesus, and, and, and told him what happened. Look in verse 17. It says, And Jesus answered and said, You unbelieving and perverted generation, meaning twisted, distorted. He went on to say, How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. But this kind, here it is, does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Fasting, fasting. Let, 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 me, let me explain what fasting is. Just plain fasting is simply going without food. Maybe Maybe you had, a, you had a surgical procedure and the doctor told you, fast for 24 hours, meaning, meaning go without food. There, there's this type of diet craze going around right now called intermittent fasting, where you can only eat at certain blocks of hours during a 24-hour day. That's all considered fasting, but that's not what we're talking about in the biblical sense, all right? Here's what biblical fasting is, and that is, 
It's refraining from food or anything important to you for a spiritual purpose. It's replacing the time you typically focus on food or that thing of significance with focusing on Him, His Word and prayer. The focus isn't weight loss, although that happens. That's not the goal. The goal is to hear the voice of God a little bit louder in your life. This has nothing to do with your salvation. This has everything to do with hearing from God and accessing the power that He desires for you to walk in. Yeah, but JF, fasting is just for some people. Actually, fasting has always been an assumed part of a thriving relationship with the Lord. You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about the basic practices of being a follower of Him. In the entirety of that sermon, there were only three areas that he spoke of with the phrase, when you. And this crowd knew already that these three areas were to be a part of what a follower of God looked like. He, he went into detail of how to carry them carry them out because he, he knew they, they, they would all be practicing all three of these. And then he goes on into detail explaining the three practices, Matthew chapter 6 verse 2. It says, when you give. So he explains the ways we are to give above our tithes. Verse 5, he goes on to say, when you pray. And then he explained how to pray and, 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 and gives, give back to the Lord. And then verse 16, it says, when you fast. He, he goes on to explain that we are never to do it to be seen by others, but only God. I, listen, I, I want a rabbit trail on that one so bad, but I'll contain myself, okay? Here, here, here's, what I want, here's what I want you to see. Biblical fasting was always a normal part of a relationship with God. Moses, he, remember he fasted for 40 days and then he received the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 34. David, he fasted and prayed for his child's healing in 2 Samuel chapter 12. King Darius fasted for the safety of Daniel and he was in fact saved, Daniel chapter 6. Daniel fasted for an answer to prayer after 21 days of, of prayer and fasting, and God blessed Daniel with wisdom beyond that of anyone else in the entire empire, Daniel chapter 10. Esther, after Haman called for the annihilation of all Jews, Esther called for a three-day fast for all her people. The, the Jews were spared, and Haman was hanged, Esther chapter 4. Hannah, she couldn't bear a child, so she wept, and what she do? She fasted God heard her plea, and the prophet Samuel was born, 1 Samuel chapter 1. Ezra declared a holy fast, mourning over the sins of his people. Elijah fasted while escaping Jezebel and, and, and received a word that affected generations, 1 Kings 19. Joseph fasted while in prison and was not only released, but received great wealth and was put over all the money of Egypt, Genesis chapter 41. Paul, he fasted for three days after his conversion and he got the assignment for his life, Acts chapter 9. Peter was fasting on a rooftop when God gave him a new revelation and called him to take the gospel to all the Gentiles, Acts chapter 10. And then Jesus, Jesus fasted for 40 days before being tempted by Satan and then he launched his public ministry, Matthew chapter 4. If Jesus had to fast to access the power, who are we to think that we don't have to? All right, fasting. Here's the third thought that I've got. So repentance, heart back to God. Fasting, focus back to God. To get to, get to the point where we're able to utilize the sword of the Spirit and actually hear 
the rhema word of God. Here's the third thought and I have for, that I have for you, and that is thanksgiving, turning our gratitude to God. All right, let's get back to that story. So after the tribe of Judah fasted, the spirit of the Lord came on a man and he stood in the assembly and gave a rhema word from the Lord. Look at this, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, starting in verse 15. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Listen, you're not going to have to fight them, but you will have to face them. So look what happened here. Jehoshaphat, he bowed down with his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and the Korathites stood up and praised the Lord. Gratitude. The God of Israel with a very loud voice. Verse 21. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men, here it is, to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And they began to sing and praise. The Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. And you know what? Scripture goes on to say that after the Lord sent those ambushes, the enemies ended up fighting each other until they were all dead. While Jehoshaphat and his people just continued to praise the Lord. In fact, Scripture says that the plunder, the booty from that battle, took three days to collect. And to this day, the valley where this all went down is named the Valley of Baraka, which means praise. Wow. I'm reminded there's a story in the New Testament in the book of Luke chapter 17 about a group of 10 men. You remember the story? They had, they had this terminal disease that had no cure at the time called leprosy. And due to the Jewish laws and on cleanliness, it prohibited anybody who had this disease from being active members of society. They were considered unclean social outcasts. Maybe, maybe you're watching today and you say, Jeff, I don't have a physical disease, but man, I know what rejection feels like. I know what it feels like to be almost like a social outcast. And so the story goes on and says that these 10 lepers recognize Jesus. And because legally they couldn't approach him, they cry out to him from a distance for mercy. And, so, and Jesus hears them. He heals them. And then he tells them to go and essentially show themselves to the priests that, that, they, had, they, that they no longer had this disease, pretty much giving them permission to re-enter back into society, and only one of the ten comes back to Jesus to say thank you. And I love Jesus' reaction. As the man is down on his knees expressing his gratitude to Jesus, Jesus reaches down and says these famous words, rise and go. Your faith has made you whole. The question I pose to you today is, what if that one thing that you so desperately had been praying for, 
that one thing that you so desperately are asking God for is on the other side of a simple heart of gratitude towards the Lord for the stuff you already have? Could could it be, just maybe, God is wanting you to take inventory today of all that He's already done in your life that through that little exercise, a fresh new perspective would once again soften your heart for the next thing He's about to do. Thanksgiving, praise. Hey, you want to join with me today? I have so much to give God praise for. There's some stuff that I'm really believing God for in regards to Pacific Coast Church, and I know He's going to do it. But I'm going to start by thanking him for all he's already done in and through our new congregation. And Maybe you're just like me today and you say, JF, in the midst of chaos all around, in a society where there's just so much noise and distraction and potential interference, I need to be able to consistently hear God's voice. If, if that's you, I'm going to pray for you today. And while I pray for you, I'll, I want you to pray for me because that's what I want. So... So as we close here, so what's it take to take up our sword to go on the offense against the enemy? Well, it takes hearing the small, still whisper of the Holy Spirit. And how do we do that? Well, it really starts with repentance, turning our hearts back to God, putting some focus on fasting, right? Setting some time away where we not so focused on the food, but we're more focused on our faith, right? And then finally, thanksgiving. Having true hearts of gratitude. I'm telling you, if you could make this part of your daily spiritual disciplines, I'm telling you, what happens is your your perspective so quickly shift. I mean, you know, maybe you're in the shower, you're taking a walk. If you can just, in, in, in your mind, or even just say it out loud, begin to thank God for the things that he's blessed you with. Maybe you're married, maybe you have kids. Maybe, maybe you, you, the, the, the work, the career that you have, things that we take for granted, transportation, food. I mean, I do this constantly, man, and it, it just it's, it shifts me and it allows me to quiet the noise and actually hear what the Holy Spirit's trying to say to me. I think we put way too much emphasis on focus on the things that we don't have, right? The things that we think that we just got to have. And let me tell you, Scripture's clear that the Lord will, he wants to give us the desires of our hearts, but there's a process here, right? And so I encourage you in that, hey, I'm telling you, some exciting things are coming down the pike here at Pacific Coast Church. In the meantime, we got to just prepare ourselves for that. Maybe, maybe you're like me, you know, we're broken humans. I'm a follower of Jesus, but I make mistakes. There's things that I do that would fall under the category of sin. And so when that happens, I'm called as a follower of Jesus to say sorry to the Lord. That word they were talking about earlier, repentance. Maybe that's you today. Maybe, maybe let's start like this. Maybe you're watching and you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to become one. I'm going to let you do that here in one second. And I'm going to walk you through it. It's pretty simple. It's simply just saying, Lord, I believe in you. I receive you into my life. And you can, you can even do that right now. You, you could have done that before you even started watching this. That's, that's how cool and, and meaningful it is to follow Jesus. But maybe you're here today and you are, you are a follower of Jesus. And you say, JF, this sword of the uh, spirit, I, I, I feel like the enemy, you know, I, I, I get the defense part. But man, I, I want to take some ground here, right? And I got to hear God's voice. His word, his word 
That's how we are able to go on the attack. And you just say, you just say, Jeff, that those steps. Fasting really isn't a part of my life. Uh, I'm a person that I feel like uh, I'm a thankful person, but there's times that I could be more intentional with it. Wherever you're at, I'm going to pray for you today because we all want to hear God's voice that much more in our lives in the midst of chaos and noise and confusion. And not all noise is bad, but sometimes it can overtake us and distract us. So let me pray for you today, my friend. God, I thank you for every person watching right now. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your written word. I thank you, Lord, also for your spoken word, Lord God. I thank you that they align with each other. And God, I thank you that you're even speaking to some of my friends right now. Friend, if that's you, you're watching and you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to become one, just become one right now. Lord, I receive you. I believe in you. I repent of my sins. God, I thank you that you have a perfect plan for my life. I thank you that I can live a life on assignment, on mission, full of purpose. If that's you, just receive that right now. And God, I also pray for my other friend who is a follower of Jesus, who, who wants to hear your voice in a, in a, in a more consistent way, in a, in a more intentional way on their part, because you're always speaking. God, I pray that they would really apply these three principles, these three keys to hearing your voice to their lives today. God, that every day that we would wake up and say, Lord, if there's any mistakes in my life, sin, known and unknown, we just repent right now. We humble ourselves and we say, sorry, we make, we make those right the very best that we can. If it's a conversation that went south with our spouse, that we would have the humility to apologize, and every other thing that, that creeps into our lives, Lord God, we just start, stop and we repent. And we say, we want to hear from you, hear from you Lord God. If it's, if it's fasting, if there's things that we need to take out of our life, a section of time, a block of time where, we're, where we've removed food from our lives so that we can really focus on what you're trying to say to us, let it be so. As we move into the fall, we're going to, do, we're going to be doing a corporate fast with the church, 21 days of prayer and fasting. God, I pray that it would really impact people's lives, Lord God. And then Thanksgiving. God, this is an area of my life that I want to get even better at. I want to be known. I want to be a, a man who, who is full of gratitude. So God, we thank you for all that you've done for us. We, every morning, we're going to be intentional as we walk through the checklist of all the things that we already have from you. And we know those things that we're praying for might just be on the other side of a simple heart full of gratitude. God, I thank you for this time. God, we're, we're excited for what you're doing in our church. And we say it not generically. We, we say it not flippantly, but we say corporately as Pacific Coast Church, Holy Spirit, have your way. Guide us, open doors. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you already are. We thank you for the lives that have already been impacted through this new church plant. And we're excited for this month, we're excited for the fall as we head into the new year, God. Be with my friends. Be with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, so good. 
Friends, as always, we are here to pray for you, to pray with you. You can text the word PACIFIC to 84576. Let us know how we can connect you, how we can be there for you, and what we can be praying about. We don't want you to do life alone. Also, make sure you join a small group. There's so many that are about to launch in the fall. The second we start having in-person services, I'm telling you, you want to be connected. And as always, we have questions for you to cover in your small groups or to journal, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak and really, really make the word that he's preached through Pastor J.F. resound in your hearts and your spirits. So make sure that you have your phones ready. Maybe you want to take a screenshot of each question, or maybe you want to just take a picture of your TV, however you're watching. Question number one. Is the process of allowing the Lord to search your heart and life a part of your daily prayers? Why is this important? What does it mean that a life of repentance is to be continual? Number two, how is biblical fasting different than just fasting food? Why is this important to our walk with the Lord? And number three, what are two habits that you can adopt to keep a thankful heart and mindset. So important, super practical, but that's part of what we're doing together as a community of believers, right? We're all on a journey, we're all growing, we're all learning, and we wanna make sure that we leave each and every teaching with practical steps to draw closer to the Lord as He draws us, right? So incredible. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you for your giving. There are multiple ways to give. You'll see those on the screens in a second. And don't forget, friends, we need to hear from you. We want your help. There'll be a text message that will be sent out this week. If this deal is finally, bottom line, finalized, then we will be able to text all of you. There'll be a survey that Pastor Michelle has written up beautifully with all the different opportunities of how to put furniture together and what schedules. You know she's amazing at that. So make sure that you're connecting with us. Email us, text the word Pacific Coast to 84576 to be a part of those text messages. But we want you to know how much we love you and that we are trusting the Lord for everything he's doing in this season. He's never failed us and he never will. We love you guys. See you soon.